This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. So I was just telling you um, before we went, went to break that um, it's amazing to me tomorrow is the primary. It is. So you think about all the work that these candidates have put in. The last thing you can do is go vote. Absolutely. Right. And uh, to wit, we are joined by Attorney General candidate Shannon Liss Reardon. Hey, Shannon, how are you? Hey, Good. So um, we're speaking with Attorney General candidate Shannon Liss Reardon, who's on the ballot in the Democratic primary tomorrow. Uh, so you've been in studio with uh, with us before, but uh, if you could just briefly reintroduce yourself to the audience and tell us why you're running for Attorney General. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me again. I'm Shannon Liss Reardon. Very excited to be running for Attorney General. I'm a workers' rights lawyer. I have spent the last 23 years fighting and winning for working people. I've taken on some of the largest corporations in America, like FedEx and Starbucks and Uber and IBM, and I've, and I've won hundreds of millions of dollars that I've gotten back in the pockets of hardworking people. I'm very excited about using my skills and experience and passion and putting it to work for all the people of Massachusetts, fighting and winning for workers, for consumers, and for our planet. So we're speaking with Shane Ellis Rudin, candidate for attorney general. So uh, your opponent, uh, Andrea Campbell, was on earlier, and she criticized you for um, putting close to $10 million of your own money uh, into into your campaign. Uh, how how would you respond to that? Yeah, you know, I'm, um, well, first of all, I find, it, I, I find it unfortunate that this race near the end here, that my opponent is, is going negative. I think that's just turns people off. That's what people don't like about politics. I've been getting the message out. I've been crisscrossing the state, and what I've heard is that our message is resonating. People understand this is a very serious office for which we need an experienced lawyer who knows how to use our legal system to improve people's lives. That is what I've been doing for the last two decades. I ask the voters to consider this a job interview and ask themselves who would they hire to be their lawyer. But they want someone who is an experienced, successful lawyer, someone who has run a law firm. That's the candidate I am. I'm not a politician. I'm a lawyer. I'm a successful lawyer. Um, and, I, and I'm excited to be able to use my skills and experience to help all the people across Massachusetts. And we've got the momentum on our side. I'm really honored to have the support of Senator Elizabeth Warren, the Massachusetts AFL-CIO, more than 50 labor unions, and in the last week alone, more than 70 elected officials came on board to support our campaign. So I'm really excited going into tomorrow. How did you get Senator Warren, uh, Mayor Michelle Wu, and former Mayor Kim Janey to join your campaign in this late stage? Well, um, you know, they're, they're just such amazing leaders. I have been, you know, huge fans of their work for a long time, and I'm just very honored that they would come on board and support my campaign. I've, you know, I've worked, I've done work with Senator Warren, um, you know, speaking out for workers, 
speaking out for regular people. That's that's what she has done through her political career. Um, you know, I got my start years ago before I went to law school as an activist in the women's movement. Um, uh, you know, I came I came to law school knowing that I wanted to get some specific skills that would allow me to help regular people, and that's what I've devoted my career to. I've continued to be an activist, and I'm you know, very excited about expanding on the work I've been doing as a private attorney general for years and putting that that to work for all the people across Massachusetts as the next people's lawyer. So we're speaking with Shannon, um, Liz Reardon, uh, who's Scott Lang's endorsed candidate, candidate here from the former mayor of New Bedford, who himself financed his first campaign for mayor. So interesting, and I was part of it, and I remember it. He said, "He said, look, I've got the money, I'll do it." Right? Um, I find it very hard to stomach, really, that the fact that you're being attacked for being successful, um, and that you're not telling some sad story as using that as a qualification. Uh, quite frankly, and. Uh, you wouldn't have the money. You didn't inherit it. You wouldn't have had the money if you weren't a successful lawyer. Isn't that basically what it comes down to? Um, yeah, no, I've, I've devoted my career to fighting large corporations, taking on powerful interests for the people. Uh, you know, I became a lawyer because I wanted to help even the playing field between the rich and powerful and um, consumers and workers and regular people out there. And I, I've been very good at what I've done. So right. you know, I'm very proud to have gotten hundreds of millions of dollars back into the pockets of hardworking people um and i'm just you know excited to be able to get the message out about my vision for the ag's office and i'm, I'm i consider this race to be a job interview and I'm, I'm asking the people of massachusetts to consider me for this job i would be so honored to serve as the next people's lawyer of massachusetts so shannon uh, i just want to follow up on that the reality of it is this, and a lot of people don't understand this. I just want you to shed some light on it. When you take on big companies like that, because I have a friend, a cousin of mine who's a lawyer. He's done it. They play hardball, right? Particularly with your oh, clients yeah. and with you personally. They play hardball, right? Extremely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've gone up against some of the, uh, the toughest, the highest paid lawyers in America, and I've, I've, been, I've beaten them. I've been proud to beat them. Um, you know, I've always known that the, the rich and the powerful, they've got their high-priced, fancy white shoe law firms that defend And them. private um, investigators. You know. And private investigators. Mm -hmm. Right? That's right. Let's not forget That's about right. that. that. That component is, what you, is the world that you've de dealt in. So, uh, so Shannon, before I let you go, I appreciate you coming on to um, to to reintroduce yourself to the audience briefly and and, and share your message uh, of your campaign. You're on the ballot tomorrow in the Democratic primary on September 6. If you want to make one last pitch to the voters um, of the South Coast, of why why should they vote for you tomorrow in the Democratic primary? Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest difference between me and my opponent is experience. I have 23 years experience in the trenches. I'm the only candidate in this race who is a practicing lawyer. I'm the only one who has run a law firm. I'm the only one who has done and won jury trials, who's argued and won appeals case by case. I have helped shape the law to better and more fairly serve the people. Um, I've been in New Bedford. Um, I've been in on the South Coast many times um, during this campaign, and I will increase the resources the AG's office has there because that office needs to be accessible to people everywhere in the state. So I'm just, I'm just asking uh, the people to please go out and vote tomorrow. Um, I need your help in every ward from, from Ward 1 in the North End to Ward 6 in the South End, every ward, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Please go out and vote. I would be honored to have your vote tomorrow, and I will give New Bedford a huge priority as 
your next attorney general. We've got to be there for people all across Massachusetts. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, Shannon. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Have- oh, I accidentally cut her off. Sorry. Right. She, um, she, uh, Look, I'll tell you what, Marcus, again, and this is maybe philosophical on my part or maybe the way I was raised, but I don't think it, I don't like it when people try to make me feel bad for them, okay? Um, We've all had breaks that don't work out. I think there's a difference between, you know, necessarily trying to make people feel bad for you and um, explaining your story as a a triumph over um, conditions uh, that, you know, in which the, the odds are stacked against you and... Um, to present a uh, relatability, I think. I, 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 I guess that that's true, Marcus. I, I, I maybe 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 that's a, a fairer way to look at it. But um, I think about the fact that I'm interviewing someone for a job, right? Um, and if I sat down in in the with, to interview a lawyer, and I've done it before, um, and they started telling me all about how bad their life was and the circumstances they climbed out of, as opposed to all the wins they've had, right? I'm going with the person that tells me about all their wins, right? I want the person who's who's had a lot of wins. Um, and I, I started to tell you this. So I've, I've a, I started to mention this to the candidate. One of my, my cousin is an attorney, and um, he handles financial stuff, security law, things like that. He um, He's dealt with heavy, big construction industry stuff, things like that. He sued um, one of the major international banks on behalf of little people, right? People who are subcontractors to the bank. And... The stories he told me about the behavior of this major international bank, and he was just a sole proprietor taking it because nobody else would even represent these people, right? The hardball games that you have to go through when you try to take on major corporations, um, they have private investigators, they have all kinds of lawyers, they try to bury you in paperwork, right? And um, my cousin stood up to them and he made a major settlement for his clients. Actually, it was an arbitration win, uh, the largest in Massachusetts. But my point is, is that Shannon has done that. She's withstood the pressure. I talked about this with the district attorney's race, right? How much mayhem, chaos, sadness, disaster that the district attorney sees, right? They have all the cities and towns of Bristol County and all the associated crime, right? And it comes into their head every single day, right? And so I think it's, I think you have to have a certain constitution to be a major law enforcement official like the attorney general or the district attorney. So we're joined now by a Democrat candidate for state auditor, Diana DiZaglio. Hey, Senator. Hi, everybody. Hey, nice Senator. Great nice to be back. Great nice to, to be back. back. Yeah, it's great to have you on again. Um, so uh, you've obviously been in studio before uh, with us uh, after the feast. That was a lot of fun. Um, bef- uh, before we get started, uh, if you want to just briefly reintroduce yourself to the audience and uh, Senator yeah. DiZaglio and tell us why you're running for auditor. For absolute sure. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Hey, everybody. My name is Diana DiZaglio. I am a state senator running to be your next state auditor. I'll be on your ballot tomorrow when you go to vote in the Democratic primary. It's a really important election. I hope everybody's made a plan to get out to the polls. And I'm running to be your next state auditor to make sure, simply put, that working families like ours get access to and accountability from our state leaders and our state agencies, regardless of where we live in the Commonwealth, our family background, our bank balance. Uh, I was born to a 17-year-old single mom. I grew up housing insecure, moved around quite a bit, graduated from public school, and ended up waitressing, cleaning houses, and earning scholarships to become the first in my family to graduate. Without the investments of others, I would not have had the opportunities I did. So I know how important it is 
that those investments made through our tax dollars are used efficiently and that they're spent wisely because every wasted dollar is another child's future opportunity that's put at risk. It's another person who goes without health care or housing. It's another environmental justice initiative that's not realized. And working families, look, we work hard for our paychecks. We work hard for those tax dollars. We want to make sure that they're not being misappropriated and that they're being spent on what they're supposed to be being spent on. I'm so proud to have the support and the endorsement of folks from the region, such as Senator Mark Pacheco, uh, Senator Mark Montigny, Representative Markey, Representative Hendricks, Representative Cabral, City Council President Ian Abro, and many more who I've had the opportunity to work alongside of who know that we need folks up on Beacon Hill who are willing to stand up for the folks that are too often left behind. And I've been working alongside of those folks for the last 10 years, standing up on Beacon Hill, speaking truth to power, calling for audits, demanding investigations to make sure that we have transparency, accountability, and equity. And as your next state auditor, I won't need to keep calling for those audits. I'll be able to take my 10 years of going line by line in that state budget and I will audit and I will investigate many of these matters to make sure that our tax dollars that we work hard for are protected. We're speaking with a candidate for state auditor in the Democratic ballot tomorrow, September 6th, uh, Senator Diana Zaglio from Methuen. So, uh, Senator Zaglio, um, you know, we talked a lot about your commitment to um, investigating the legislature and uh, how, you know, your argument for its uh, statutory authority. Um, are you... Uh, are you committing to the, uh, the investigating the legislator and the you know ongoing the inevitable legal battle up to the Supreme Judicial Court to defend your right to do so? Yes, absolutely. Yes, and I'm the only candidate in this race to commit to do so. Uh, we've heard a lot of people say, "Well, we don't know if that's possible. We need to check. Maybe if it is, maybe I'll try this and that." But the reality is, folks, is that look, it is well within the auditor's uh, purview to be able to audit and investigate the legislature. It has been done before. It was done back in the 1920s and even after that, down to counting how much was spent on the last cigar. Uh, and I will tell you that it's unfortunate that it hasn't been done in recent years. Uh, and a lot of folks will say, well, you can't do that. But guess what? Uh, this office is about uh, challenging the status quo, not maintaining it and I am the only candidate in this race who has said that I will conduct that audit where my opponents have not even committed to absolutely trying to do so. So uh, I have called on my opponents to commit to at least trying to do so uh, if they don't believe it can be done. And I haven't gotten that commitment. Uh, so I am the only candidate in this race who has said that I will absolutely conduct an audit of the legislature. And if that audit is refused, hopefully it isn't, then absolutely we will have to take that conversation to court. So, Diana, um, we're about to become one of the newest MBTA communities. So that means we'll be paying an annual fee into the MBTA, which is fine. I mean, we're going to get the service, and so we're going to pay. But everyone wants to know that their money's not being wasted. Um, what, what's your plan for the MBTA, as bad as it is? Yeah, great question. So uh, I'm so proud in this race to have the endorsement of the workers of the MBTA, the associations that, rep the associations that represent those workers, uh, who have for years been calling for increased accountability from the administration and from MBTA management. We saw through the federal uh, report that there are a host of safety issues. We have trains literally catching on fire right now. 
as a state senator, I have successfully called for state oversight hearings in the legislature to make sure that we're holding the MBTA accountable. But as your next state auditor, I plan to conduct a safety audit. Look, I've been calling for oversight and accountability from the MBTA and the administration for years. My opponent was a former, he's a former assistant secretary of transportation. And look at the state of our transportation system right now. This isn't something that just happened within the last couple of days. This isn't something that happened within the last few years. These issues, these systemic challenges uh, go way back. And I would argue that the transportation system here in Massachusetts, especially the MBTA, has never properly served the residents of the Commonwealth the way that it could and the way that it should. And my opponent was a former assistant secretary of transportation, and we currently have trains catching on fire right now. So as a state senator for the last 10 years, I have been standing up. I have been calling for increased accountability of the Department of Transportation, of the MBTA. It's it, I'm the MBTA it is why I have earned the support of the workers who have for years been calling for accountability but have yet to see any. So I do plan on conducting that safety audit and I'm looking forward to getting started on that in coordination with uh, working alongside of the feds and state authorities on that. Senator Dennis and DiZaglio, um, I, we appreciate you coming on today uh, and making one last pitch to our, uh, to our audience. Uh, before I let you go, uh, is there anything else you want to leave the audience with? Yeah, you know what? I was down there for the feast uh, yes. just a, a little while ago. It was a great time. I had the opportunity to connect with residents, just to chat about things like education, healthcare, housing, and the everyday challenges that, that people face. Uh, once again, I'll just say, look, I, I come from a working class family. I grew up in Methuen. I grew up in Lawrence. I was raised by a single mom. I've lived many of the challenges that a lot of folks uh, in our communities have faced. And I think it's important to have that lived experience to bring that to the office. Because once again, we work hard for those tax dollars that we're paying. And we want to make sure that we're not paying tax dollars that are going to any sort of waste, fraud, and abuse. And that those tax dollars are going to where they're intended to go to the kids in our school system, to make sure that we have a robust transportation system, that these issues and challenges at the MBTA are getting fixed, to make sure that folks have access to health care and housing. So we want to make sure that those dollars are being spent where they're supposed to be being spent. And I am going to fight to make sure that our government is open, transparent, and accessible uh, to all working families in our communities. Right now, look, our, our state government continues to be ranked by almost every single good government group as the least transparent and the least accessible. Diana, I have a question. I have a question for you. Nation. Yes. Um, the, the incumbent, uh, Suzanne Bump, who's not endorsing you, um, very famously or infamously hired a convicted murderer. Um, will you hire convicted murderers or is that <laughs> below your standards for who you're going to hire to work at the Arlen's office? <laughs> Look, well, I don't, I don't know exactly what you're referencing right now. Off Robin Murphy, nine, cult murderer from forever. Yeah. So this, this is the first I'm hearing of this, uh, this conversation. But what I can tell you is that there is an HR department in there, <laughs> and folks, folks, folks should should be being fully vetted, uh, for sure. And uh, look, you know, no murderous had, policy, basically. <laughs> I think that that's uh, not that much to ask for sure. Um, You'd be surprised. But what I. What I would say is, uh, I would say that yes, uh, the auditor did, you know, endorse my opponent. They are good friends. They go way back. Uh, I am not the establishment candidate. 
Uh, and I have stood You're up not, Nor are you the candidate of convicted murderers, apparently. <laughs> I have taken on the Beacon Hill insiders. I have stood up regardless of party affiliation and demanded that we have access to, for example, simply being able to read bills before we vote on them. There you go. Uh, being able to have our committee votes be made public, making sure that the legislature and the administration is subject to the public records law, making sure that we're not able to, as politicians, abuse your tax dollars to cover up harassment, discrimination, abuse, and potential corruption, because that is something that's able to continue to be done right now. Powerful politicians are able to abuse your tax dollars to cover up their misdeeds. That is unacceptable. And I've stood up and I've spoken truth to power and have done so for the last 10 years. Uh, I do ask for your vote. I do ask for your support. Again, uh, I am taking on the Beacon Hill Insider establishment right now. I cannot be successful tomorrow on the ballot and continue to do that without your support. So I do ask for your vote. Diana DiZoglio, if you forget the name, just remember the Italian woman on the ballot tomorrow (laughs) when you go to vote. Uh, It is a challenging name, but if you remember the Italian woman on the ballot, that's me. And uh, I do respectfully ask for a vote. And, hey, thanks guys so much for having me on again. You guys are so great. Thank you. Uh, I so appreciate that you get the word out there and you have us on. Uh, Not many people are having the candidates on this late uh, and just before the election. So it's a great opportunity. I'm grateful for the opportunity to get my message out there. And I want to also share uh, my my website with folks who want to learn more information. It's www.dianaforma.com. You can also obviously do an Internet search. Hopefully that will come up if you do that. But it's dianaforma.com. And I'm running to be your next state auditor. I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, Marcus and Chris, thanks for having me on again. Hey, thanks. You're a good sport. Thanks. We really appreciate it, Diana. Thanks, thanks for coming down, and thanks for being thanks, a good sir. sport. For sure. I'll be back soon. Can't wait. Great. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a break. We will be right back. This is South Coast Night with Chris and Marcus on WBSM. W- uh, the Off-Air Podcast, Marcus. The Off-Air Podcast is my... Okay, my headphones weren't in. Yeah, you're good. You're good. The... Um, okay. I was just, I, I like Diana. I think she's, she's, a, she's a good sport. She's great. She's got a good list of endorsers. Um, she does. Guys, she, people she worked with. I think the Montigny endorsement's very important around yeah, here. Yeah, I know. Um, I know Julian, Mark doesn't really do that too often. And uh, Julian Sears endorsed her too. And, uh, um, and two members of Congress. And, and uh, really, oh, that's right. Stephen Lynch and Lori Trahan yep. have both endorsed her. And um, you don't see Steve Lynch endorse that often. No. Um, the... Um, you know, I, I, was, I was just off the air. I was talking with Marcus that... Don't. Um, no, no, I, I, won't, I won't say it all. But, but you know, the um, we all have our own stories, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, I do... Marcus brought me around a little bit here, which is that I do... I guess you time. do... I guess you do, right? I guess One you do have time. to highlight um, your ability to overcome obstacles. Yeah. Right? And, and, and it, I think so. And, and how you do it, everyone does it differently. So... Um, Obviously, if you're, um, but with the case with um, Liz Reardon, for example, I don't think it's fair that she's being attacked. Not that it's fair, not that fair is the right word anyway, for being successful, right? She's successful. She didn't inherit, right? Not that I have anything against inheritance, God knows. But the, um, the fact of the matter is, is that she didn't inherit that money. She earned that money as a lawyer. And it is a. I think the point trying to be made is if you, um, if you're putting that much of your well of your own personal wealth into the campaign, then you're really not getting you. 
you're just winning because what they're trying to say is you're just winning because you're wealthy. So I would say that that while that's she's not winning for those reasons, she has a legitimate story to tell and she has she the does. ability to tell it. I agree. Right. She, here's the thing. And I get into arguments with my, uh, not arguments, but debates with my friends, including Marcus. Debates. Uh, on this debates, discussions. Um, There's a lectern. Right, right. <laughs> about the fact that money is speech, all right? If you're a candidate and you don't have any money, you can't tell the voters your message, right? You can't. And the fact that she's putting her own money in the race. I, I, as I pointed out, Scott Lang financed his run for mayor. Um, he later raised money. He did accept money from donate, donations, things like that. Um, but the yeah, fact that found it, out how much the first one cost. Well, well, right, like, oh man, right? But but the fact <laughs> that it matters is that um, yeah, this this guy Jesse Brown, who's running for for Congress yeah. as a Republican, you can vote for him tomorrow in the congressional race. He's put a hundred thousand dollars of his own money into the congressional race. Let me tell you something. I met the guy. He's a nice guy. He's a former, he's a nice guy. He was in the Marine Corps. He's a business owner. Mm-hmm. I wish he had called me early on. I would have saved him a hundred grand, um, or spent it better for him. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean because I'm not joking around. I mean, really, you know, I haven't heard him on WBSM. Okay? No. He could have been on WBSM. He should have been on WBSM back in April. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me let me for those of you out there right now because the election, in many ways, is is over tomorrow. All right. Um, for, a for, lot a lot of, of, for a lot, lot of, of people, seats, right? For, for so the... there's some of you listening to my voice right now who are thinking about maybe running for city council or or, or something like that or state or selectmen, something like that. Guys, you're, you're hearing all this money at the end of the race. Really, the important money is at the beginning of the race. Yeah. Right? If you want to learn how to do it, there's a great book um, called How to Win a Local Election. Yes. Right? Judge Gray is the author. The nice thing about it is it's pre-internet, okay? It's pre-internet. So it's good for grassroots campaigners. It costs yeah. about eight bucks on Amazon. Marcus, I recommended the book to you years ago. I you read it. it. Right? It was great. It's a good book. Really knowledgeable. I love the. I love how it starts off, too. It right. starts off very pragmatically, and I think at least one of the people in this race could have read that book and right. decided not to run after the first chapter because the first thing they say is, don't run against somebody you can't beat. Don't because run against somebody you can't beat. There are some candidates that you're never going to beat, right? And you shouldn't run against them because then you have the loser stench on you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's Look, somebody and I, and, I, and I have said this um, on WBSM, and I've said it every election cycle. I say it. If someone is encouraging you to run, ask them why they ask have them it. why they're not running, right? Or if someone, particularly if they're older and you're younger, why isn't their kid running? I, I talked. I've talked. Why are you not encouraging your son to run? Why I've, are you encouraging me to run? I've talked at least two people out of running unwinnable races because I liked them because I thought they were good people. Right. They're like, I'm going to run against so-and-so. I said, no, you don't run against them because you'll lose. They're like, no, I got these issues. Doesn't matter. You're going to lose. <laughs> you know, I was like, this person has this much money. They've been in office this long. You can never win. And so, and so, yeah, so, right. So. I would say this. Um, I don't agree with Cameron Costner on a lot of issues, but I like the kid, right? Yeah, he's he, ca- nice. he came in on Friday. I talked to him. And Marcus, uh, he kept up with us over the weekend, all right? He, he recognized that there were some holes in, in his performance, right? And so did you. and We all did, right? And um, But he tried to correct the record, yeah, right, with did. us. And, um, and I, I really appreciated that. There's mm-hmm. not much he can do about it, but he diligently was working with me over the weekend to try to correct... Or fill in the gap of yeah. things that he had said or misconceptions or things he didn't say properly. And yeah. I do appreciate that. Um, 
but I still, you know, think the young man is doesn't have enough experience yet to run. And to my point earlier, the people that put him up to run, who encouraged him, have done him a terrible disservice. All right, because he's not ready yet. He's a good guy. Yeah, he and, is. He, and I think he has a future in politics. Um, I think he ought to learn more things and get more experience. But he's a gen. He, he, he genuinely cares, and he genuinely wants to do a good job, his version of a good job, right? Which isn't necessarily mine, yeah. but that's not the point. Um, but I think the people that put him up to run this time and encouraged him have done him a horrible disservice. And you notice they didn't encourage their kids to run. They didn't put their kids in the race. And this young man, and a lot of people are saying things in his name that are horrible, and he doesn't even realize it, I'm sure. Um, I've seen emails that have gone out from some of his supporters attacking Chris Markey in ways that I won't repeat. But we have them. They're in yeah. writing. And I don't blame Cameron Costa for it. That's why I don't bring it up. Because I'm sure he doesn't even realize that his name is being used. Or he's being used as a vessel to try to settle old grievances, right? Some of the people that, that are backing Cameron Costa into this race have been at war with the Markey family in the form of his father since the 1970s, right? Some of these people were involved in the riots of the 1970s. And Cameron Costa has no idea about this. But he's a very likable guy. He's, he's got some learning to do, but we all do, right? And in many ways, he reminds me of myself, although we disagree on issues. I ran at his age. Um, and although I had different experience, I already been in the service and things like that, but um, didn't live with my mom anymore. But he... Um, and wasn't a dependent on my mother, which I think he's going to run into a problem there. Um, now, I don't think it's wrong, particularly if you've got responsibilities at home. I know I came back to my parents' house when my dad got sick later in life and, and took care of my responsibilities with my father. So I think that that's, that's not the issue. But the fact that he's a financial dependent to his mother, um, which is, he's honest about it, right? I think it's going to, will, would, he's not going to win anyway, but would create a conflict of interest and problems, things like that. But, um, Tomorrow, when you vote for Chris Markey, um, and when Cameron Costa loses, I don't think you hold it against the young man. I think that you recognize that he tried. Okay? Yeah, he did. He he he, he puts forward. A, he's putting forward a vision, and he tried, he, and he actually cares. He cares, right? He's putting forward a vision that's different than Chris Markey's, but um, he picked the wrong race, really. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back. 1420 WBS. The South Coast tonight. I'm, I'm Marcus. He's Chris. So there's actually, we haven't talked about this in a while. I do want to talk about it because it's super important and it's on the ballot tomorrow. For people who want to pull a Democratic ballot and vote for who they want to challenge Tom Hodgson in the, in the general election. Now, we had that debate, and if you want to check it out before the before you vote tomorrow, you can. It's uh, in our podcast on WBSM.com. The debate between Attleboro Mayor... Paul Haru, Attleboro Mayor and former state rep Paul Haru, uh, former Somerset Police Chief George McNeil, and attorney Nick Bernier. So if you want to, uh, you know, here, again, we have that on WBSM.com. Mostly civil debate that got kind of catty, we'll say, afterwards. Yes. Got kind of catty afterwards when Paul Haru uh, was continued to run his campaign and uh, continued to draw the contrast between himself and his candidates to sh demonstrate how much more qualified he was than them. And they threw a hissy fit, further making his point. 
Um, so, uh, and that was Nick Bernier and George McNeil. Now, again, I, I like Nick Bernier and George McNeil. They've obviously in their, in their lifetimes have done a lot in the, in the community. I'm looking at this race and I say, well, I think who's run the best campaign. It's Paul, uh, Haru. And I think actually Jack's planted an interesting column in New Bedford Light today that I read and it said, um, he's Paul Haru is the only primary candidate that's raised enough money to be competitive in a general election. Out of anybody on the ballot, and you got to give them, and you've got to. I would imagine, because tomorrow you're selecting the candidate because he's go, raised around ninety grand, right? Yeah, and, and as I mentioned earlier, money is speech, right? I don't care about. In all, in all honesty, you can have the greatest ideas in the world, but if you're yelling them through a megaphone on the street corner, no one's going to care, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to communicate them in a traditional way, radio, television, yeah. print media, write letters, things like that. Um, tomorrow, we'll be having the results coming in. Okay, folks? We'll be here. Um, we, we've already made arrangements to some of the campaigns who we know are going to have results, yeah. right? So to give us a call, or, 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 or to, you know, they'll, be, they'll be sending us the material, right? So, so we will have the most updated and accurate results. <laughs> Come on, they don't know the inside. Results, all right. There's going to be some results, right? There's going to be some results. But one one of the nice things is that you is may that not like them, but they're, they're coming. They're coming, right? They're coming, and it's not our fault. Although it's we deserve, our, it's, it's not, not our, our fault. fault. It's not our fault. You beat, you hit your husband, but anyway. So the um, so <laughs> I already did when it counted. So we um, we have what you're going to do tomorrow. Is you're going to go vote if you haven't already voted, and a lot of people haven't yet, Marcus. So go vote if you're a Republican. You vote because there is stuff a, bring, to vote. Bring a friend. Bring a friend. I know if you're listening, you're probably going to go vote, right? Bring, yes. Bring a friend. If you're unenrolled, bring a friend, right, bring a friend who doesn't. And listen. if you've already voted, cool. Go go, go track somebody there. And if you. If you um, are unenrolled, you've got a choice to make. You can only pull the Democrat or Republican ballot. So so do that. So pull the Democrat ballot. Then when you get back, uh, well, there's some real races. I know, I'm no, no, I'm But there are some real races on the Democrat side. Oh, yeah, the, no, there's the, a lot more action on there, the Democratic There's action side. for the unenrolled voters. There's, there's the, a there lot really of that, Yeah, there's a lot more action on the Democratic side, I think. I mean, if, if the only thing they don't have is a governor's race. Right. We The governor's race... Is on the it's it's anyway, it's on the Republican side. So, but then when you get home from voting, we'll have the results right here. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna be here. That's right. We're gonna be here tomorrow at seven o'clock. We're gonna be here till ten. Again, we're going to have the candidate. We're gonna have candidates calling after they get the results. We're going to have the results, so we're going right. to be able to call some of these races. Absolutely. Here, so this is the only place you're gonna be able to get those results is here on WBSM. So there are certain precincts that matter. Okay. In certain races, okay? And so what I'll be able to do, what what we're going to do is we've arranged campaigns that we know are going to have results coming in. So, for instance, um, I think there's some key precincts in Dartmouth we're going to look at early yeah. on, right? right. Um, as soon as they come in, we'll know and we'll tell you. Yeah. Um, so that'll help us with, with the marquee um, Costa race. That'll help us with the, with the district attorney's race. And that'll also, sheriff's I think, primary. help us with the sheriff's primary, right? Yeah. I think that's going to be very important. Um, we will um, be getting all kinds of results in. Remember, we've got some big county races tomorrow. You've got the primary for district attorney. That's Democrat primary. That's the end of the race. That's uh, it. Right? That's the end. That's it. So Mercifully, the right? race will end right? on, uh, tomorrow. And then you have the sheriff's race is just getting started. 
508-996-0500. Good evening. You're live. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's, hey, what's going on? on? Okay. Now, do we have to stay on the election or can you talk about other things? Well, what do you got? Uh, it depends. depends. Well, here's what I got. I watch, you know, you, you, you know, Chris, I watch OTR on Sunday, right? Yes, sir. Okay. And this Sunday they had the gentleman who was the uh, Ways and Means. Channel uh, 5. Channel 5, yeah. yeah. Ways and Means I know what OTR uh, is. chairman. Okay. And they were Aaron Michaelwitz. Is that the name? Okay. Yeah, the rep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And they were talking about getting our money. Okay. This money that's supposed to be given to us that they overcollected. Yes. Now, the statement he made, and this is where I'm referencing from, he says, there's a possibility that they may not give it out to you in a check. They may give it out to you as a uh, tax credit. And he said that Charlie Baker would like to see some of that money taken and put to the team. What do you guys think? Well, I well, think that Charlie I Baker has got to do, um, he's going out the door. Um, something's got to be done about the T. Um, I don't know how they get away with not giving the money back. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It depends law. on what the law, the state law seems very clear. Uh, it depends. I, I don't think they're allowed to do that. So, um, I mean, unless there's something that we haven't seen, but it seems like everybody who's talked about it says the state law is very clear. The money has to be refunded, not not given as a tax credit or diverted. How was it refunded back in 87? I know you guys probably weren't around then. But I, was, I was two I, years before I was born. I, so. I, 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 I was around, but but not, not paying taxes. Um, I was still a dependent on my parents. I, I would think how they did it in the past should have some... Well, they've only, that's the thing. They've only done it once because the law was passed in 86 and then 87 is when the refund check came. They must have seen that coming. Mm -hmm. And then it didn't get enacted for ne the next 35 years. So I, I would say this. Rare um, economic circumstances. Um, the, the chairman um, in the House Ways and Means Committee is in a very safe district, okay? Mm -hmm. He's the back bay, right, in right. Boston? Yep. Yeah. He's not the – it's the guys who are in um, shakier districts, okay, mm -hmm. who – are going to rule the day here. They can, I don't, and that's why they got to give the money back. They can't screw the taxpayers like that and not give them the money but back. But how will it come back? Though? I imagine it's going to come back in a check. Well, they were saying something about possibly tax credits instead. Yeah, I think that's too cute. I don't think that's what they're going to, I can't imagine. I think people want their cash. Do you think there's, what, there's any relevance as to how they gave it out in the past? That makes them make, give, give well, it out? they've only given it out once, so we don't have a frame of reference, really. They, yeah, but did they give it in a check, or was it a tax great credit? Great question. Or? I mean, the banking system in 87 was so different than what it is today. Yeah. Uh -huh. I couldn't even imagine. I assume they sent a check, right? Well, I mean, let, I don't know. Let's, let's, let's say that because, you know, he had, she's talking about Aaron Michael, which was the chair House of Ways and Means. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk to Senator Rodericks, who's the Senate House Ways and Means. And we've talked about having him on the program before. Yes. And maybe he can answer some of these questions. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So, hey, listen, we got to take this break. Thanks for the call. I we appreciate understand. It. See you later, guys. Thanks. All right, thanks. Let's take a break. We'll be back. 1420 to come on South Coast tonight. Tonight, everyone did. We had to be, um, well, we followed the rules. We were circumspect, but we followed the rules. We'll have um, tomorrow night, guys. We'll have the results. We want you to tune in. Yeah, we'll, please. We'll be able to and we want you to call in. We want you to call in. Yeah, tell um, us who you voted for and why. There'll be. Um, remember, this is the prelude to November. Give some predictions too. So in November, we've got some important ballot questions as well. We've got the, the fair share amendment, yeah. right? That's the um, that's the tax increase um, on people making over a million dollars. Yeah, four percent. Um, that's that's an interesting question. The um, then you have we'll have the ballot question on the MBTA, mm -hmm. which I would hope the city's going to vote yes for, um, but they might be asking for more information before then, and certainly we'll have it, right? Um, yeah. 
then um, I believe. But if they don't vote for it, the legislature is just gonna just gonna do it anyway. So you might as well just skip a step and vote for it. And vote for it. Not make it hard on everybody. Like just just stop. Just stop. I hear all these calls and all the reasoning for not voting for it. Do you really? It's all stupid. Every I haven't heard a single good call on, on, like, I haven't heard a single good reason of why we should delay it. So the only thing I'm hearing, Marcus, is people in their own way are saying, I don't have enough information yet. Right? And that's not their fault. There, there, is, there has been no education campaign on this, really. Scott Lang has tried he, when he appeared with us. Yeah. I think um, Mayor Mitchell has, I, has I, mentioned a few things. I had, a, I had a guy from Transportation from Massachusetts. I think when we have more time, we can do a deeper dive on that maybe that, next week. That's, that's, what, that's, we'll, that's what we'll do, Mark. That's something we'll cover. And uh, so you've got a lot of races tomorrow. Go vote, and after you vote, we're going to be here again. We're going to get the results. So we're going to be able to call all these local races live on air. We're going to get the candidates' reactions. They're going to call in and tell us what they think about the results. No, we've got the we've got the, the, the Democrat primary here in Fairhaven and Mattapoiset, you know, Strauss and yeah. um, Rick Trapillo. Um that that brace Yeah. Right? It's interesting. That'll be one to tune in for. Rick Trapillo's buying a lot of ads here. Um know? he's smart. We have um we have uh, of course the sheriff's primary. That's mm-hmm. a big one. That's a big one. Um but you know something every year that seems to be surprises. So there could be surprises. We'll we'll find out. I as I mentioned to you, Marcus, I got a I got a mailing over the weekend from Nurse Dan, the Republican candidate uh, running for Congress for the for the who wants to run against Keating, right? But I didn't. I thought his. I thought Jesse Brown did a nice job here on the air, but he hasn't mailed anybody. If I and again, again, it wasn't just a mailing to me. It was a mailing to all Republicans who vote in the primary. So the, listen, if you're the only one sending out mail. This is like that puts you way ahead. That, that primary to face Bill Keating is like winning a high school tournament and it's, then and then going to play LeBron James. Right. It's winning. It's, <laughs> it's, it's winning the option. It's it's getting it's, the, the ability to lose to Bill Keating. To lose badly, right? So, but nonetheless, the guy put the effort forward to send out a mailing, and so I think that could make it. I didn't think you had a chance, right, to win yeah. the primary. But the fact of the matter is that. That could be a step to something else. So we'll see there what happens, right? We've also got the Republican primary in the fair even. I hope. We've got the um, the uh, Republican primary for state rep. In, yeah. um, and again, you could end up being Bill Strauss or Rick Trapillo and, and winning in that race to then have to go on to face a Republican. And winning in that race, too. Yeah. There, there's McConnell, who's, who's running. Um, and and, and then uh, Dr. Uh, Jeff Swift. Dr. Swift, right? So we've got those races in Fairhaven. We're going to take